Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with Coach Red, where we bring you all the news, stories, takes, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North Fresh, from the good to the bad to the Mariners. The Mariners. Ooh, the Mariners. A special shout out to all of our friends, Los Fanaticos. They <laughs> kicking it con Coach Red. Es muy fantástico. Sí. Me corazón beats muy big for you. Si, si, si. And with that, a little international flavor, because we will be talking about the international game that Seahawks played in Germany <laughs> very early on Sunday morning. But before early, we early. dive into that, Senor Coach Rojo, or Coach Red himself, is me. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at the real Coach Red on instagram at the real underscore coach red or maybe you are looking for someone you might call primo or as muy divertido y muy guapo go find lefty france what up follow me peeps follow me on twitter at lefty france on instagram at the france 13 go over and follow the pod at coach red pod on twitter and instagram Follows, follows, follows. Do it, do it, do it. We're going to go back to English now because I think the Spanish is really putting lefty France off. Yeah, of it, right was, now. it was uh, t- taking me for a turn. It was like we were watching a game show based <laughs> out of Mexico. And you're like, man, this is fun. I'm just here clapping in the lights. I'm <laughs> excited. This seems like a lot of fun, but I have no clue what the hell is going on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> guys, this is what. What are they doing? They're trying, they're trying to catch chickens. Are we inside? What are we doing here? Now they're trying to blow up a balloon. What? This, this We're going in that Shark Tank. Oh, okay. Oh, that contestant passed away. Dang! I thought he was gonna win. Yeah. Sudden, sudden death. Just like we thought the Mar- or not the Mariners, the Seahawks were going to win, but they unfortunately yeah. did not. The no. Tampa Bay Bucks come up on top. Back-to-back wins for them against uh, NFC West opponents. They're and so bad. It was not the best game, but we will break that down position group by position group like we have been doing the last couple of weeks. Let's start off with the quarterback room. Lefty France, what is your word, phrase, or superlative for the quarterback room? Um, whew. Starting off strong. Yeah. yeah. Not – I would say mediocre. He The first half, Gino played – the offense in general did not play great. Second half, they actually made it a ball game and were making drives, marching down the field, scoring touchdowns. Uh, Just was a little too late. Uh, So I would say mediocre. Uh, Not Geno's best performance. Um, Definitely not his worst, uh, but mediocre at best. For me, I would say now you see me, now you don't 
Okay. Now you see me again. <laughs> okay. Because before the game, there's a lot of hubbub around the league about some momentum being gained for Geno Smith as a potential MVP candidate, or at least come or or comeback player of the year. Yeah. And he's been playing extremely well. Like you said, that first half was anemic on offense to say yeah. the best. The first play for the offense, Gino rips the 10-yard pass to DK. I'm like, after three and out yeah, for the Bucks. I'm like, all right, let's go. Then one yard, four yards, delay of game, sack, punt. It yep. was punt-a-palooza in the first half for sure. But coming out in the second half, besides Gino's ill-advised fumble on the scramble, that probably ends up costing them the game. Ends up, I think, if you include the sack yardage, it was like 244, but I think he finished with about 275 yards passing, two touchdowns. So he really ratcheted it up, and you could really see that second half adjustments really taking place against the Buccaneers defense that had gotten a little bit healthier and has some good pedigree up and down from the defensive line to the secondary and their linebackers played a big part in the game. And I think that they really played a big part when we go to the next position group, which is the running backs. What do you have for that lefty? Um, not, I want mediocre again, but, um, no, I thought, I'd say is your answer not <laughs> not <laughs> not that uh, it's tough tough one word phrase it does not phrase. be one word you can, or a phrase or a superlative uh young buck it's a young okay. buck because kenneth walker still it's we gotta remember he's still a rookie not gonna have all those explosive games as much as we want him to. Uh, I think he got locked up a little bit against locked that up a defense. Lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, against that defense. But the Bucks defense is a good defense. They've honestly kept them in games uh, this whole season because the Bucks offense has been horrible. Um, but yeah, I think it was just kind of like a reality check type thing. Like, okay, well. Now I know what it's like to get kind of shut down because I feel like he's been mowing through defenses left and right the last four weeks, Mm -hmm. just about. Um, But yeah, I think it was a little bit of a, okay, well, here we go. Next week's got to be better. Um, We live on the run game. And when Kenneth Walker's, uh, tearing it up i that's when our offense is at its best for sure because that means our line making holes for him should be pass blocking for gino when they need to uh opens up play action um so yeah i think young buck would be a good good term what do you got where'd you go i miss you so (laughs) feel like it's been forever <laughs> since you've been gone. Okay. 
reason I say that, um, Geno Smith was the leading rusher with four carries for 22 yards. Kenneth Walker was 10 carries, 17 yards, along a five. And I think that what you're going to see is with the Bucks, their strength is in their linebacking core, in their defensive line. You have Vita Vea that is a force in the middle, and then you have two extremely fast and athletic linebackers. There were a couple of times, especially on like third and short, where he was waiting for the hole to develop, and it never did, and it yeah. came down as a loss. Where third and short, you almost just got to hit that hit whatever hole you're assigned to go to with reckless abandon just to mm-hmm. get that first down. And you saw this kind of catch up to him a little bit in this game. I'll, we'll talk about him more when we get to pass catchers because for Kenneth Walker it was actually a pretty productive day there. Yeah. But the running back room as a whole, there were no carries for DJ Dallas. There were no carries for Travis Homer. So it was on the back of Kenneth Walker, but when they couldn't get anything going and the passing game started to click, you really saw the run game go away. And when you look at weeks past where you've had 125 plus yards of rushing and it really balances out what the Seahawks want to do, they're backed yeah. in a corner. They couldn't get the run game going and they were in trail mode where they had to score points. So you're obviously going to gear more towards a heavy passing attack, but it felt like this was the first game that you really saw ineffectiveness out of the running game um, since the first couple of weeks. So it was a surprise to see, but it's something that's going to happen. That's why you have to have that balance, but you got to have a balance to play in four quarters and really offensively, they only played competent for two quarters and that's not going to win you many games in the NFL. No, it's not. Hi, lefty. To the pass catchers. Pass catchers. I would say consistent. DK Lockett, um, Ken Walker, all those. Those were kind of three. Disley, sorry. If you throw in the whole tight end room, they're yeah, rocking the whole t- six catches, which is about what you expect. Maybe yeah. a little low, but right But in still, there. those guys, I feel like – all of our pass catchers, when the ball is in the air, you're not worried about a drop. Like, DK, he'll go up and get the ball. Lockett is typically always catching the ball, uh, trying not to get hit when he catches it and just rolls forward. Yep. Um, and, yeah, like our, our tight ends, they are so consistent and reliable. Like, there's been – a few, quite a few games where Fayette, Disley, Parkinson have been like our leading uh, receivers. It's just those guys are great, um, like check down options that will get a lot of yards after the catch and they run hard. So I would say our, our pass catchers are very consistent, which is good for, for Gino for sure. For sure. What do you got? I'm going to go with selfless. And okay. um, I think it kind of plays into the quote that you heard from Tyler Lockett quoting his former high school coach. You know, it's amazing what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way with these pass catchers because it's a true rotation at tight end. You know, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, 
it's been this way for the last couple of years where it's usually boom or bust for one of them because someone they're like, okay, we're going to shut down Tyler Lockett. He might get shut down, but DK Metcalf goes off or okay. DK Metcalf, he's a monster. We got to shut him down. Then Tyler Lockett goes crazy. But I think what you saw a little bit more in this game was the emergence of Ken Walker in the passing game. And it wasn't, just on wide receiver screens. It was sometimes on those checkdowns and getting him into open space where he is the most effective. So his long on a reception was 23 clocked in with six catches for 55 yards. Getting him in open space is key, which usually breaks that first tackle, like have fun after that. So I think that was huge for the progression of this offense and for him where he wasn't asked to be that much of a pass catcher at Michigan state. They're a run-heavy offense. Yeah. So I think this was a game that kind of opened eyes a little bit for him as a pass catcher. And I feel like when you couple the 55 yards receiving with the 17 yards, it makes the day a little bit more respectable. But at the same time, you know, DK clocks in with six catches. You've got Tyler Lockett with three. Goodwin with a touchdown and two catches. And then sprinkle in all your tight ends. I think that's going to be the recipe for success, you know, spreading the wealth all around and making sure that egos don't get in to those pass catchers because I feel feel like with them coming into the season on a team that wasn't necessarily by outsiders expected to perform at a mm-hmm. high level with Geno Smith, at quarterback and DK signing the big deal. You were worried about potentially money and ego going to DK's head. Who's been a little bit of a hothead, but I've seen none of that yeah. this year. It's been a nice step forward for him. And I think that's what embodies this whole team. Disley gets that eight mil a year, three year, you know, 24 mil over mm-hmm. three years. He's never been a primary option and yeah. it's what you see out of these guys and their willingness to win. And that's their number one goal. It's not, I'm Antonio Brown. I need, I'm not, I'm Odell Beckham. I need 15 targets a game. It's, I like targets. Targets are cool, but I want to win the game. Yeah. And I feel like that's what this group of bodies. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm with you there. All right. Offensive line. What do you got? Um, up in the air, <laughs> up in the air, I would say. Um, some days their run blocking is absolutely incredible. That's when Kenneth Walker is tearing defenses up. Uh, other games, it's kind of non existent. Um, which puts us down, gives us short drives, puts our defense on the field way more than they should. Um, And it's just not fun to watch. (laughs) I would say, yeah, just up in the air because they definitely have the potential to run block and have Ken Walker break for – 200 yards a game like they are young still too and a lot of their both tackles are rookies that are still getting um comfortable in the nfl but are doing a great job 
Uh, but yeah, that's what I would say for the O-line. All right, I'm totally going to butcher this, so be ready. All right. Gefutter Gashenhals. Or translated into English, stuffed gooseneck. <laughs> okay. It's right. a delicacy in Germany. And... <laughs> I felt like they were ready to let things fly and held up better in pass protection than they did yeah. in the run blocking game. So 100%. three sacks given up um, in the game, which Not is still terrible. A, I, I'll take it. I mean, yeah. but to not be able to get the running game going against a Buccaneers team that has been a little susceptible to the run was something that you didn't expect to see. And usually these guys are going in and great. And, and you didn't see that as much in this game. I felt like, yeah, especially once you got into the second half, you saw the line play a lot better mm-hmm. than you did in the first, but I felt like they were just eyes in the sky worried about Gino chucking the balls. They weren't worried about yeah. going and getting any, you know, ground products like beef or pork. <laughs> I love it. And I want to throw a food in reference in because guess what? Offense linemen, they love to eat. Yeah, they do. That they do. Hogs. On another unit that likes to eat. I know the last episode you were on, we did IDL and we did edges, but the last episode with Killing Kane, we lumped them into one and we're going to do it again this week. Edges okay. and IDL. What is your take on that? Um, they're mammoths. I mean, they're just, they're ginormous. Um, I didn't see a ton from them that I can really remember uh, against the Bucks. It's not a good thing. Yeah, no, not a good thing at all. Uh, they're still mammoths, but yeah, I didn't see a ton from them, which kind of sucked that a lot yeah and that's why i think the the hawks got down so bad in the first half was because i didn't feel like we were getting enough pressure to tom brady to make him make the throws he's been doing all year that's put him in a five and five record um so yeah that that was just that was the toughest thing is not getting the pressure on one of the greatest quarterbacks because making him uncomfortable makes him play terrible. So that was, that was brutal. What do you got for him? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Tampa Bay's rushing attack has been subpar all year. And if you, exclude some kneel downs by Tom Brady in his negative yards rushing, which you don't expect him to have many positive yards unless you're looking at a QB sneak for a couple clocked in at 164 yards. If you take away the negative three from Tom Brady, yeah, that is not what you want to see. And I think that I saw that like Brock and Salk were talking to someone. I just saw it on Twitter. I didn't listen to it, but it was, do you think the idea 
for having Brian Monet inactive was because you didn't expect a lot out of their running game. It was like, yeah, that's why. For sure. And it ended up biting them in the ass because the defensive line did not do the best job. You've got Sean White, who went 22 attempts for 105 and seemed like he was getting holes left and right. Lenny Florence hasn't been doing much. He got banged up in the game, but he had a 4.1 yard average where he's averaging about two after contact. And he's not a guy that typically gets through the hole very far before getting contact on him. So it was one of those days where no sacks for the edge guys and, you know, giving up 161 yards not a day that you want to see, especially against a team where that was one of their weak points. And you said, all right, beat us with the rushing attack. And they did just enough of that. They were that a little bit more balanced team because they were able to rush the ball to open up some of those lanes and feed into where Tom Brady flourishes. He didn't have too many of those deep passes. It was a lot of quick near the line of scrimmage, let your wide receivers try to get some yak. And when you can keep the pressure off you by hitting it short, but also having an established run game, I think the defensive line as a whole was not a banner game for them, especially when you look at outings against Saquon, against the Cardinals, against Austin Eckler in the run game. Like a lot of good outings. This one wasn't one of their best. Not at all. Not Uh, at all. Why don't you head over to the linebackers, Lefty? I got tackling machines. <laughs> yeah. Jordan Brooks, 16 total tackles, 11 solos. Um, Cody Barton was second with nine total tackles and seven solos. But those two guys. They were flying. Yeah, they were. And. Cody Barton's interception was incredible. Awesome. Yeah, that was incredible to watch. He he Um, stopped Tom Brady from getting the record for most consecutive passes without an interception. He was like 30 away from – or 20 to 30 away from beating Aaron Rodgers' record. (laughs) Holy cow. Yeah, that was was so cool to watch. Um, It was needed at the time he had it. But, yeah, those guys – are always flying around. Jordan Brooks, I swear, is always somewhere. Yeah, somewhere near the ball, whether it's making a tackle or just being by it. It's it's awesome to watch, and he's he's incredible. So I think yeah, our our linebackers are tackling machines. What do you got? I give a shout out. To Flavor Flav, to go, Flav, Flav. yeah, boy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a better game for him. Cody Barton uh, with the pick on Tom Brady, which is something that does not happen very often. Yeah. And Jordan Brooks, back to back games with 11 solos. It's bananas. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. And a lot of these tackles were because the defensive line didn't play up to their normal standard, but I did see a lot of good things from the linebackers this week, like you said, flying around. And unfortunately, like Brooks was in a perfect position to make a tackle, to get the ball back and slips 
kind of bangs himself up that extends a drive that ends up leading for a touchdown, but was in great position. But that field condition was a little rough and everyone kept switching yeah. cleats out. But it's one of those things where it's encouraging to see because you're going to have stretches where the linebackers are going to play a key important place and you need more than one. And with, you know what you're getting out of Jordan Brooks, a guy that is going to be around the ball and tackling, just like you said, but seeing a game like this from Cody Barton helping in multiple aspects, pass coverage and stuff in the run and mixing it up. It's a good outing to see from your linebacking crew. And I think that this helps breed a little bit more confidence for Cody Barton because you could see in some of the games where they're going heavy nickel, where he's not on the field as much, this is the most snaps that he's been on the field. I think he was on there for like 70% by the metrics I saw, which is a lot higher than what he's been at like 30 to 35 to 40 the last couple of weeks. So big game for the linebacking crew. And that leads us right to the DBs. The DBs are ball Hawks. Um, is that one before I know let me let me pick a different one then um not easily tricked <laughs> can't sly fox me no you cannot not reek either um Tyreek Center or Tariq sorry not Tyreek Tariq Woolen uh his interception they ran the play where Tom Brady was lined up at the receiver earlier in the game and they made it a huge deal. Like, Oh, no one covered him. He was wide open. They knew it was going to be a run one. When I think when everyone saw that, they're like, okay, they're going to run this again because clearly they're not going to think it's going to go to Tom to Tariq Wollin is way smarter than that. and He's way faster. He can catch up. To yes, exactly. And so it was just a busted play, the whole – from the snap. Um, and Tariq added his fifth interception, I believe, on the year. So he's making a case for defensive rookie of the year, honestly, I think. Um, I think he's – better than sauce Gardner right now and we got him way later so i'll take that but yeah they're they're honestly flying around um making great plays kobe bryant loves forcing fumbles um but yeah i think our dbs are looking really good and it's just crazy that we don't have jamal adams yeah, like we're doing back before the year's done. Yeah, like we're doing this without Jamal and pretty intense. Love love our DBs though. Kobe Bryant and Michael Jackson. Just <laughs> just great names. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely stellar names. What do you got on our DBs? Lenny Forns, you have been reeked. <laughs> but get reeked. I do want to do a shout out uh, to Chase Shannon on Twitter at Chase underscore Shannon, who tweeted this. Imagine telling Tariq Woolen a year ago he would pick off Leonard Fournette in Germany and then get tripped by Tom Brady. (laughs) That's good. That's a good one. (laughs) It's, you know, 
a real Seattle story. It what is. Else could you say? It truly is. And they had a sweet picture from that too. Great sideline angle where you just see Tariq Woolen get up with Tom Brady just laying down. It's a pretty <laughs> stellar picture. If you haven't seen it, go I'll check out. Check it out. Go check it out because it's awesome. But again, you got Quandre Diggs. This probably was not one of Mike Jackson's best games. Kind of got beat off the first step. Yeah. Where these guys are very good in the intermediate to long game. I think you saw a little bit where the short, quick passes got him. And that's Tom Brady's bread and butter. But you did see Ryan Neal in the box making plays. Quandre Diggs still popping. I think that overall to have the amount of weapons with – Mike Evans, Godwin, Julio, Scotty Miller, K-Dot, all Cameron Bray was back in this game as well. To have Tom Brady sitting at 255 yards passing and only giving up 21 points, I'm going to take that all the time. Yeah. I'll take that. If I can can hold the opposing passer to 250 yards, I feel pretty good about the game plan. Mm -hmm. Just didn't expect to give up 150 to give up Russian 400 yards. total yards. Yeah. So, yeah. I think this DB group, uh, another word that I'd say is gelling because they're starting yeah. to gel more and more. You're, you have the crafty veterans, and I'm going to throw Ryan Neal as one of those veterans where you've got those two guys high and you've got a bunch of young kids just not knowing any better, but yeah. learning to play within the system more and more. Because if you look in the offseason, you brought in Justin Coleman, you brought in, you brought back Sidney Jones, who's no longer on the team, and you brought in Artie Burns, yeah. all guys that you thought could factor into your DB room. And Justin Coleman and Artie Burns aren't playing. <laughs> you don't need them. Yeah. And it's going to be super interesting. And, I mean, I think Josh Jones is still coming in on some of those dime packages. Imagine when you can bring Jamal back and have him and Ryan Neal on the field at the same time. It's yeah. going to be scary. And it's it's a group that there were a whole lot of question marks going into the season, along with your offensive line. And I think that to be at this point being six and four at this point in the season, which is damn near where we had um yeah yeah it is so uh they're in a position where those groups where we had the most question mark had really outperformed what we thought yeah and have really stepped it up in the last couple of weeks this one wasn't the best performance all around we know that but before we get to the final update let's go to the special teams lefty what do you got um not used very well, very much. Man, I would Keynes from last week. That was, I would, yeah, I would just feel like Dixon when it, he's hardly ever out there. He's out there five times. Yeah, he was, he was, but uh, Jason Myers was one for one for field goals and one for one with an extra point. Um, his field goal was 55 yards, which the guy is nails from pretty much any distance. Uh, but yeah, I just feel like they're rarely out on the field, which I know they're not, they shouldn't be, but 
it's just feels not normal for the Seahawks. <laughs> Fair. What do you got? It's not the size that matters. It's what you do with it. <laughs> okay. you know, when I talk about size, it's the sample size. So, like you said, Myers is on the field twice. Converts yeah. both. One of 55 yarder. It's huge. Michael yeah. Dixon on the field five times. Four punts inside the 20. 20 yeah. So, and he had some boomers, too. Because yeah. Seahawks were 68 yards. long. Yeah, I think that was the first one where they were pretty backed up. Yeah. Got over got over the returner's head and that thing kept bouncing. It's like, holy cow, yeah. let's go. So although they haven't been out there, when they are out there now, they're being very effective with what they're doing. Yeah. Myers is back to that form that you saw more so when he didn't miss a field goal the entire year. You're seeing all pro Michael Dixon come back and hit those boomers, not a ton of return yards coming off of them Yeah. too. Cause usually when you get those big booming kicks, you're usually out kicking your coverage and opening yourself up to holes. And you're not really seeing that with Dixon because yeah. he has this uncanny ability must be that Aussie in him. <laughs> it's you know, the Aussie in him where he's getting that hang time, but he's getting that distance too, where he's giving his guys time and the coverage unit has been really good this year yeah. overall. So that's what we got, and what we got. It, it's disappointing, but it leads you right into the buy, which it's I think still looking is good. key because you have DK that's a little banged up. You got Tyler Lockett that's a little banged up. You've got Austin Blythe, Gabe Jackson. All these guys are, you know, you're ten games into the season. You're yeah. You're a little you're a little nicked up here <laughs> and there, and some guys more than others. So I think that them having to buy this late, which you typically don't see for the Seahawks is actually a good thing. Cause you yeah, go into a stretch is... where you face the Raiders out mm-hmm. of the buy. You face the Rams without Cooper cup. Yep. Uh, and their defense is playing well. And then you've got some, you've got some tough tests. You still have Kansas city on there. Yeah. You have the Rams twice, but you're setting yourself up and the Jets somehow who are winning games six and three or something on their defense is back yeah I think that getting that extra rest right now is going to help them tremendously down the stretch and I think it puts them in a good position to continue to fight for a playoff spot which is something that we said wasn't out of the realm of possibility preseason when we did our schedule breakdown, where I think right now we said that they were going to beat the Falcons and they lost. We said that they were going to lose to the Chargers, but Mm -hmm. they won. And there was one other. Oh, we said they would split with the Cardinals and they split with Cardinals. So everything else that we have called out has been correct. So we're actually a plus one 
from yeah. our projections, which is a lot higher than most people out there. So Ooh. kudos to us in our previous <laughs> episodes of Kicking It with Coach Red. If We're you good. find those, you can go find them on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your yeah. podcast. Or you, if you're feeling frisky and you want to deep dive into my Twitter where I put out each new episode, you can go find the episode where we had the scheduled prediction. Just hop on over to Twitter. And when you type with your little fingers on your phone, or maybe you're on a desktop, you just type <laughs> at the real coach red. If you're on Instagram and you want to see a cool picture of me with some fans, uh, mis, mis fanaticos, uh, just put Peace. one of that up on Instagram today at the real underscore coach red. Go <laughs> check it out. Or if you want to see cool things from Lefty, Lefty, what kind of cool things do you have? Um, I've got a dog. <laughs> you can see her on my instagram at dfrance13 um my twitter i think it my picture is me on a boat um but yeah that's pretty cool that's pretty cool but yeah go follow me over there on twitter at lefty france and then you can go follow our pod it has a bunch of cool stuff cool tweets um not a yeah. lot of pictures <laughs> but um yeah it's really cool so follow that at coach red pod on twitter and instagram follows 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 do it do it do it next week's gonna be a uh it's gonna be a weird one we're not gonna have any hawks to talk about oh, with the game breakdown might have some cool stuff for um, the mariners for the mariners yeah. or you might even find yourself with an Apple Cup preview. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That... Oh, dogs, big win down in Eugene. That was a huge and, win for him. And tune in this weekend to WSU football, where slighted quarterback Jaden Delora, who decided to transfer, had said, yeah, yo, I saw, I saw something out there that, while they were getting ready for the bowl game, he was basically going on recruiting trips to transfer and was showing up late to practices oh and then transferred to Arizona like the day after the bowl game. So it's like, oh, man, WSU has the receipts. Time to go. Time to oh, go yeah. take a piece of hide from. Yeah. Um, so tune in to some good college football this weekend without the Seahawks on be looking out for any more Mariners news. And as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh, peeps. Peace.